Introduction and Preface of English as She is Spoke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter. English as She is Spoke by Pedro Carolino. Introduction and Preface. English as She is Spoke or a jest in sober earnest with an introduction by james millington introduction from the time of shakespeare downwards wits and authors innumerable have made themselves and the public more or less merry at the expense of the earlier efforts of the student of a strange tongue but it has been reserved to our own time for a soi disant instructor to perpetuate at his own expense the monstrous joke of publishing a guide to conversation in a language of which it is only too evident that every word is utterly strange to him. The Teutonic sage, who evolved the ideal portrait of an elephant from his inner consciousness, was a commonplace matter-of-fact person compared with the daring visionary who conjures up a complete system of language from the same fertile but untrustworthy source. The piquancy of Signor Pedro Carolino's new guide of the conversation in Portuguese and English is enhanced by the evident bona fides and careful compilation of the little book, or as Pedro himself gravely expresses it, for the care of what we wrote him and for her typographical correction. In short, the new guide of the conversation in Portuguese and English was written with serious intent and for the purpose of initiating Portuguese students into the mysteries of the English language. The earlier portions of the book are divided into three columns, the first giving the Portuguese, the second what, in the opinion of the author, is the English equivalent, and the third the English equivalent phonetically spelt, so that the Tyro may at the same time master our barbarous phraseology and the pronunciation thereof. In the second part of the work, the learner is supposed to have sufficiently mastered the pronunciation of the English language to be left to his own devices. A little consideration of the shaping of our author's English phrases these to the conclusion that the materials used have been a Portuguese-French phrase-book and a French-English dictionary. With these slight impedimenta, has the daring Lusitanian ventured upon the unknown deep of a strange language, and the result, to quote again from the preface, may be worth the acceptation of the studious persons, and especially of the youth, at which we dedicate him particularly, but will at all events contribute not a little to the youth's hilarity. To begin with the vocabulary, it is perhaps hardly fair to expect a professor of languages to trouble himself with degrees of kindred. Still, such titles as gossip mistress, a relation, an relation, a guardian, an guardian, the quarter grandfather, the quarter grandmother, require some slight elucidation, and passing over the catalogue of articles of dress, which are denominated objects of man and woman objects, one may take exception to crumbs and groceries which are inserted among plates and cruets as ordinary table garniture. Among what are denominated eatings we find some wigs, a dainty dishes, a mutton shoulder, a little mine, hog fat, and an amulet. The menu is scarcely appetizing, especially when among fishes and shellfishes a Portuguese Lusula sets down 
the hedgehog, snail, and wolf. After this, such trifles as starch, arranged under the heading of metals and minerals, and brick and white lead, under that of common stones, fall almost flat. But one would like to be initiated into the mysteries of gleek, carousal, and keel, which are gravely asserted to be games. Among chivalry orders, one has a glimmering of what is intended by St. Michaelmas and Barry Merritt, but under the heading of degrees, although by a slight exercise of the imagination we can picture to ourselves a quartermaster, a general to galleries, or even a vessel captain, we are entirely nonplussed by a harbinger and a parapet. Passing on to familiar phrases, most of which appeared to be old friends with new faces, Signor Carolino's literal cribs from the French become more and more apparent, in spite of his boast in the preface of being clean of gallicisms and despoiled phrases. I ply you at the study during that you are young is doubtless an excellent precept, and as he remarks further on, how do you can it to deny? But study may be misdirected, and in the moral no less in the material world, it is useful to know that are the dishes whom you must be and to abstain. While the meaning of this girl have a beauty edge is scarcely clear unless it relates to the preternatural acuteness of the fair sex in these days of board schools and women's rights. Further on, the conversationalist appears to get into rough company, and we find him remarking, he laughs at my nose, he jest by me. Galassi, il me rit au nez, il se moque de moi. He has me take out my hairs, he does me some kicks, he has scratched the face with her nails, all doubtlessly painfully translated with the assistance of a French-English dictionary from Il m'a arraché les chevaux, il me donné des coups de pied, il m'a lacère la figure de ses anglaises. It is noticeable that our instructor, as a rule, endeavors to make the possessive pronoun agree with the substantive in number and gender in orthodox Portuguese fashion, and that like a true grammatical patriot, he insists upon the substantive having the same gender as in his native tongue. Therefore, a un ha may be rendered hers nails, and voisa civilidis, yours civilities. By this time, no one will be disposed to contradict our inimitable Pedro when he remarks il facito, giving the translation as, he has the word for to laugh, a construction bearing a suspicious resemblance to il a le mot pour rire. He do the devil at four has no reference to an artful scheme for circumventing the arch-fiend at a stated hour, but is merely a simulacrum of the well-known Gallic idiomatic expression, il fait le diable a quatre. Truly this is excellent fooling. Punch, in his wildest humor, backed by the whole colony of Leicester Square, could not produce funnier English. He burns oneself the brains. He was fighted in duel. They fight one's selfs together. He do want to fall. Would be more intelligible, if less picturesque, in their original form of Il se brûle la cervelle, Il se battu en duel, Il se battant ensemble, Il manque de tomber. The comic vein running through the familiar phrases is so inexhaustible that space forbids further quotation from this portion of the book, which may be appropriately closed with Help to a little, most the better yours terms, a mysterious adjuration, 
which a reference to the original Portuguese leads one to suppose may be a daring guess at Choisez en pure, mieux beau parole. In the second part, entitled Familiar Dialogues, the fun grows fast and furious. Let us accompany our mad wag upon the walk. You hear the birds gurgling, he inquires, and then rapturously exclaims, Which pleasure, which charm, the field has by me a thousand charms. After this, to the question, Are you a hunter? Will you go to the hunting in one day this week? He responds willingly, I have not a most pleasure in the world. There is some game on the canton. Proceeding from game to gaming, we soon run aground upon the word jeu, which, as we know, does duty in French both for a game and a pack of cards. At what pack will you that we does play? To the cards. Of course, this is a quel je voulez-vous que nous jouons? Au card. And further on, this time I have a great deal pack. C'est fois j'ai un jeu excellent. Now let us listen to our friend at his tailor's. His greeting is perky, almost slangy. Can you do me a coat? he inquires, but quickly drivels down to, What cloth will you do to? And then to the question, What will you double, doublé, the coat, obtains the satisfactory answer from something of duration. I believe to you that, after requesting to have his garment, the rather that be possible, he overwhelms the procrastinating man of cloth with the stern remark, You have me done to expect to, evidently a bold version of Vous m'avez fait trop attendre, which draws forth the natural excuse, I did can't to come rather. Passing by a number of good things, which one would like to analyze if space permitted, we arrive at For to Ride a Horse a fine little bit of word-painting, almost Carlylean in its grotesqueness. Here is a horse, who have a bad looks. He not sal know to march, he is Percy, he is foundered. Don't you are ashamed to give me a jade as like? He is unshoed, he is with nails up. It want to lead to the farrier. Let us prick, piquant, go us more fast. Never I was seen a so much bad beast. She will not, nor to bring forward, neither put back. Struck him the bridle, cries the horse-dealer. Hold him the rain-charters. Peak strong, Lee, make to marsh him. I have pricked him enough, but I can't to make marsh him, replies the indignant client. Go down, I shall make marsh, declares the dealer, upon which the incensed equestrian rejoins, Take care that he not give you a foot-kicks, and the coper, sardonically but somewhat incoherently concludes with then he kicks for that i look souk here if i knew to tame hicks after the familiar dialogues we come upon a series of letters from celebrated personages who would be puzzled to recognize themselves in their new dresses and a collection of anecdotes which may be taken singly after dinner as a gentle promoter of digestion the whole being appropriately concluded with idiotisms and proverbs between which, it must be confessed, the distinction is purely imaginary. The following are a few gems. It's are some bleu stories, Conte bleu. Nothing some money, nothing some Swiss. He sin in trouble water, confusion of Peche with acute accent, and Peche with circumflex accent. A horse bard don't look him the tooth. The stone as roll, not heap up, not foam. 
moose meaning both foam and moss. Of course, the wrong meaning is essential to a good idiotism. To force to forge becomes smith. A force de forger en deviant forgeron. To crunch the marmoset and to fatten the foot may terminate the list and are incontestably more idiotic, though scarcely so idiomatic, as croquet la marmont and grossier la pâté. The column in Portuguese, which runs throughout the original work, is omitted, and only a sufficient number of English extracts are culled to enable the reader to form a just idea of the unintentionally humorous style that the author may fall into who attempts to follow the intricacies of English as she is spoke by the aid of a French dictionary and a phrase book. It is to be trusted the eccentric guide to which this short sketch is intended to serve as introduction and so far as may be elucidation is not a fair specimen of Portuguese or Brazilian educational literature. If such be the case, the schoolmaster is indeed abroad, and one may justly fear that his instruction, to quote once more the preface, only will be for to accustom the Portuguese pupils or foreign to speak very bad any of the mentioned idioms. Preface. Authors. A choice of familiar dialogues, clean of gallicisms and despoiled phrases, it was missing yet to studious Portuguese and Brazilian youth, and also to persons of other nations that wish to know the Portuguese language. We sought all we may do to correct that want, composing and devising the present little work in two parts. The first includes a greatest vocabulary proper names by alphabetical order and the second forty-three dialogues adapted to the usual precisions of the life. For that reason we did put, with a scrupulous exactness, a great variety own expressions to English and Portuguese idioms, without to attach us selves, as make some others, almost at a literal translation. Translation what only will be for to accustom the Portuguese pupils, or foreign, to speak very bad any of the mentioned idioms. We were increasing this second edition with a phraseology in the first part, and some familiar letters, anecdotes, idiotisms, proverbs, and the second a coin's index. The works which we were conferring for this labor fond use us for nothing, but those what were publishing to Portugal or out, they were almost all composed for some foreign, or for some national little acquainted in the spirit of both languages. It was resulting from that corelessness to rest these works, fill of imperfections and anomalies of style. In spite of the infinite typographical faults, which sometimes invert the sense of the periods, it increased not to contain any of those works the figured pronunciation of the English words, nor the prosodiacal accent in the Portuguese, indispensable object, whom wish to speak the English and Portuguese languages correctly. We expect, then, who the little book, for the care what we wrote him, and for her typographical correction, that may be worth the acceptation of the studious persons, and especially of the youth at which we dedicate him particularly. End of Introduction and Preface Recording by J. A. Carter, www.afewparagraphs.com